Welcome to Conversations with Coley, where we have conversations about subjects we think about but often don't speak about. My name is Nicole Miller, and I'm the author of this book series, A Through Z, Guide to Raising a Good Human, a series I wrote to help in the communication process. Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Coley. Today, I'm talking to Sarah Ballard. Sarah is following her dreams and teaching abroad. She is going to share her experiences. Thank you, Sarah, for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Nicole. I'm so excited. I know. So for people who don't know, we met at a little place called Shenanigans. <laughs> and I always thought you were the sweetest face in there. <laughs> no, I truly always thought, like, I was always so excited to work with you every time. So it was, I don't know, Shenanigans was such a fun place. Like, I'm always so happy that I worked there and everyone that I got to meet and talk yeah. to there because it was such a good, like, it was our own little, like, family yeah. And what I like too is all y'all were talented in some way or just amazing human beings. So I feel very privileged that I met a lot of y'all. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'm going to start with an icebreaker question. So in honor of the queen's passing, if you were to have met the queen face to face, what would be something that you would ask? Oh, wow. Let's see. Okay. I'm going to think about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. The queen's passing. What would I ask? What would I ask her? Yeah. If she was alive, if she was alive and you got to meet her. Oh man. You know, it's funny. Cause like, I'm thinking like the first <laughs> question that pops in my head, it's kind of shallow, but I'm like, what's your favorite like flavor of tea to drink? There you go. No, I think it's great. I'm sure she's always like always had to answer a lot of like political questions. And I'm like, I think I would just want to know about her. Like what's yeah. her, yeah. like in her own words, what's her story? Like, but also what flavor, what's her favorite kind of tea? <laughs> yes. I like when they show like her sense of humor and like, she likes the pranks that they do on, you know, when they're doing interviews and the ribbings that they give each other, the, you know what I mean? So I love all that. Yes. I would ask for something probably really simple like that as well. <laughs> so tell everybody about your background. All right, Virginia, moved to Florida for a few years, but solely my entire life was in Georgia. So um, Atlanta, ended up moving up to a small town in um, Pickens County, Georgia, in Jasper, Georgia, and um, lived there for most of my life where I went to high school. I was a cross country runner and oh, wow. just like oh, wow. made a really good, just really good memories there. Just really did enjoy it. I don't think I appreciated North Georgia and like um, specifically Pickens until now when I do go back or even in college, like I would go, like, I think when you're in high school, you're just like, right, you can't wait to get out of your hometown. And mm -hmm. now it's like, I really stop and look and I'm like, oh, this is so beautiful. And um, then I ended up um, going to college at the, in Dahlonega, Georgia, like 30 minutes away from home in um, uh, at the University of North Georgia. And just had a really good experience there. I ended up, I went in for nursing and then ended up changing my major a little bit in into education. And it was one of those things where my mom had told me, oh, you need to be a teacher. You just need to be a teacher. And I was like, stop it. Like, you don't know what you're talking about, mom. And <laughs> one of those lessons, like mother knows best mm -hmm. <laughs> because I just woke up one morning and I was still trying to figure out where, like what to, um, 
what to major in. And I truly just woke up and it was just like, okay, no, I need to be a teacher. Like I, I need to do this. And I went ahead, changed my major and then did my first observation hours. And I was in like a kindergarten classroom and I fell in love. Like I was just like, this is what exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And so ever since then I finished, finished up my major, but um, what always stuck with me was my first ever education class. I had this amazing professor and I, I feel bad because I cannot remember his name right now, but um, he just was telling our class, like for his introduction, he had taught abroad in Japan. And he said, if there is one thing that you do in your life, it's to teach abroad. He said, you all need to go teach abroad. And I put that on my radar, like immediately. I was like, that is something that I want to do and I'm going to do. And um, ah. then, you know, life happens. And, you know, I ended up thinking like, okay, you know, my, I started teaching um, in Gwinnett County public schools. And I had, I taught in a little elementary school for three years and I learned so much. And, you know, you start kind of working your way up the ladder and mm -hmm. I was like, well, maybe, you know, I'll just keep growing my career. And, but it was never like this fulfillment for me like I was always working towards something which is so great and I'm I'm a very motivated person like I love moving up but I just was like there was always something missing and right. I ended up like you know events happened COVID happened and a lot of life changes and a lot of like just like a journey of growth for me honestly mm -hmm. like COVID did bring me a lot of growth because I did have a lot of time to like you know start um like start like um let's see what am I going for here yes yes reflecting. like kind of starting to like yeah reflect and just like you know really I was such a codependent person then and I just really and I was just had no self-confidence and I was just really to like a low point in my life so I really started reflecting and like really working on myself and um you know started therapy like it, it's been yeah, it was yeah. so great and so you know that year with COVID I was like okay you know what I'm going to give myself one more year to just teach in the States and then I'm going to go teach abroad. And it was one of those things, again, that I was just like, you know, working on myself. You know, I didn't want to just like flee the country just yet randomly without a plan. So I began to <clears throat> go ahead and also, sorry, Nicole, I'm, no. it, it, was I supposed to go ahead and go into this? Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. If you, I, I just kind of scan my questions and so you take it wherever you want to take it. Great. Okay. Sounds great. Okay. I and when sure. I, when I get a question, I'll kind of butt in. <laughs> like plan. All right. All right. So yeah. So <clears throat> ended up was going to teach abroad after, you know, a year and I was talking to my mom and we were just like, we were walking, we were actually in Virginia for my cousin's wedding. And she was like, you know, is this something that you want to do? Um, you know, is this something you still want to do teaching abroad? And I was like, I don't know, like I'm working up the totem pole, you know, and even though I had plans, I was like, I'm going to teach abroad. I was like, I'm, I'm comfortable where I'm at. And I think that's always been the issue for me is I've always, I love to be where I'm comfortable. Yeah. So I'm really, some goals for myself to like, I needed to push myself out of my comfort zone. And I am, I truly am kind of a homebody. So it was time. And, but my mom just said something to me where she was just like, yeah, you need to like, why, you know, why are you teaching, you know, in this school now? Like, yes, you love it. Yes. You can work, work up the totem pole, but why don't you go do this abroad? you know, and have a different view. You're doing pretty much the same thing you'd be doing now, but you get to experience a whole new culture. You get to be somewhere else. Like, why yeah. not? 
And yeah. it was kind of one of those crazy things because then three days later, truly, I was like, okay, I'm going to start thinking about this. Three days later, I just like my friend Becca, who I ended up moving to Thailand with, she had been in Thailand for four years already, or sorry, then three years, but right. she's there three years. And she reached out to me with a link to her school. And she said, Hey girl, my school is applying or sorry, my school is hiring. Yeah. You, need to, you need to apply. And I Holy. said, okay. And I just started the process and it honestly, first, I, I think it's so intimidating to yeah. even begin to move abroad, teach abroad, anything, but this, it was so effortless. Like I went really? through the process, like I went through two interview processes, um, one with the elementary school, the element, new elementary principal that was coming into that position. So mm. I had those two amazing women and then, um, the headmaster, the awesome. Oh, wow. Master. So, um, yeah, so, or head of school. So it was really great to get to like, see them on zoom. It was kind of crazy, but then they offered me the job in January. So what, I mean, it truly, what went from October where I was just thinking about it and that really great conversation with my mom, Martha, like it was truly just like, like supposed to know, happen, like just boom. Took off. Yeah, yeah, it just took off all of a sudden I was selling all my things and then I got to Thailand and then now I've been in Thailand for now a year, which has been in Bangkok. So it's been amazing. Yes. Yeah. And I have been following your stuff, seeing the beauty of Thailand, which I want to talk about a little bit too. But so what did it take for you to drop everything here and move abroad? Because some people can't even move across a county line, state line, imagine across an ocean. So for me, I think it was like my my life was so was already pretty much planned out, especially once I got out of college. Um, I was in a relationship that ended up like it did not work out and which was perfectly okay. So I think it was just I had was perfectly okay with giving up my dream of teaching abroad. Like I was like, this is just something that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I ended up, I think it took that relationship, not just the relationship ending, but I really did take a year because after the relationship ended, I was like, I'm ready to go flee the country and, you know, yeah. I'm ready to go. But it was like COVID happened and I really had to sit at home and just let myself process, let myself heal. And then I just really started taking like this, like really just this journey of just this self growth and self love that I never had truly given myself. And yeah. I think it took that like, okay, now this is actually something that can happen, but I needed, I knew before I just left, like I needed to do a lot of work in myself, yeah. um, just find that confidence and find that, that self like love that I had been missing. So yeah. it was, so it was kind of one of those things that that realization that, wow, I'm, I can do this. And I really, you know, I was by myself and I was just like, okay, like I'm going to make this happen. And it just kind of once Becca came in with the text, it was like kind of it was almost like it was made for me. Like, mm. truly, kind of like wow, I was like, this is like, <laughs> I was like, okay, God, like I hear you. I see yes, you. thank you. Thank you. Like, <laughs> like, you know, I was like truly just thinking that, you know, this is definitely meant to be, and this is like this is the path that I need to take. Like, this is where my life is leading, and I I need to take it because if I don't take it, I knew. I was going to regret it. And 
And it was scary. Like it was scary because I had made so many friendships. I was in such a good place. I was, you know, meeting all these new people and just like cultivating all these friendships and, you know, having like girls trips and just, you know, kind of enjoying what, what we could enjoy with COVID. Yeah. Um, I just really, you know, I had made all these friendships and, you know, even my best friend and I worked in the same school together and, you know, we were, it was really hard to like, in my family, you know, my family's kind of scattered all over the place in the States, but, you know, it was hard to be like, oh, I'm leaving my family. I'm leaving my friends. But it was something that I was just like, I need to start. I'm such a people pleaser. That's what people call me people pleaser. I think you probably saw that at shenanigans a little bit, but (laughs) I'm such a people pleaser and I tend to put others always before myself. I'm the and same way, I think. I am the same way too. It's like you can't help it because it's like, you know, we have so much love. There's so much love to give. Yeah. And, and it and feels like, good to make people happy, but sometimes it's at our own expense. Absolutely. Truly. Like I, and I think that was too, a lot of myself, like a lot of my self growth, like my, that whole like journey with finding myself was truly like. I need to make a decision for myself because I've always let others make decisions for me. That was mm-hmm. such a thing that I always did. I, you know, always, I never, and I'm so indecisive already. So it was easy to make people make decisions for me. And this was something that I truly, it was, no one can make this decision for me. It's, I had to do this. Yeah, so yeah. it was really, um, yeah, it was one of those things that it was terrifying and like selling all of my stuff and, you know, yeah. getting organized and moving out of Atlanta. Like it was honestly crazy, but I think it just took that work and that dream that had already cultivated from my first education course in college. Like I think that it was just all came together and it just kind of yeah. fell in my lap. And I think just having the, even having the opportunity, I just, I had to take it. Yeah. So you get, you're all packed up, you're getting on the plane, you're on the plane. What is you, what is going through your mind? What are you feeling as you're getting closer to Thailand? Cause what is it like a 21 hour flight or something? Yes. Yes. Oh gosh. So I pulled I, um, that out of my ass. Oh, I'm good. No, you did great. I'm like, yeah, no, it's like a 21. And then there's always, so we always fly in, you'll always fly into either like depending. So pretty much it's Atlanta, I think is like, literally it truly like when people are like, Oh, you move like halfway across the world. Like truly I moved like halfway across the world. Like it truly <laughs> is like, you know, like right on the other side. Um, but yeah, so on the plane, I think getting closer and closer, you know, and I was already so, I was so tired. So one of my colleagues who ended up also getting a job at the same school that I'm at, she was also living in Atlanta. So we actually flew together. Oh, our how great. Tickets. So we were able to fly together. And then another one of my coworkers, she also, we met, we are, we had a layover in Doha, Qatar, and she met us there. So our school kind of like made it perfect. And then we were all on the same flight to Thailand. So it was kind of nice because we could all enjoy that time. So I definitely was like, you know, of course, like, really tired. This was actually my first international flight ever. So, and I love to fly on planes. Like that's always one of my favorite things to do. My mom is a flight attendant. And so I just always like have had her love of flying. Um, so I was really excited to be on an airplane for that long, but I think it was like, you know, getting on the plane and just 
you know, getting closer and closer and closer. I think I didn't let myself truly believe that I was moving to Thailand even after the work that it took until we started landing. Like I was like, please Lord, do not let this plane crash on the way down. I was like, I need to make it to Thailand. You know, I let myself believe it. Like even on the plane, you know, I had my, my grandma had sent me like these Thailand books, you know, I truly just wasn't, I wouldn't let myself truly believe it. And then I landed and, you know, I think it made it really bittersweet because I had to do the first two week quarantine. So I think too, I was so excited and ready to explore, but I first, my first experience in Thailand was um, the Maple Hotel in, yeah, in Thailand. Um, Yeah. The Maple Hotel in Bangkok. And, um, you know, but I think it made me appreciate you know, being in the two weeks, like getting over the jet lag and just kind of resting, finishing up my semester, like one of my semesters of grad school. So I was um, nice and busy. So and it made me like excited oh, to yeah, get out and explore. Yeah. But, you know, I did learn, though, <laughs> that there were way nicer hotels to stay in. <laughs> and then we can go into that later. <laughs> but okay. I had an experience, um, yeah, 15 days in a hotel where you couldn't, I mean, I was, I did not get to leave that room unless it was for two of the COVID tests. So, oh, and yeah. my balcony overlooked, like it, the building was almost like a upside down, like a U. Mm-hmm. And so I was just literally, I wasn't, I didn't have a view. I just had a view of all the other rooms across from oh, me. Oh no. So, like, all like just, you know, looking at each other because we're all quarantined there, but it was quite an experience, but I think it made me really appreciate, um, when I got out and like really getting to explore Thailand. Cause, um, also when I was in quarantine, um, it Thailand shut down because they had done really well with COVID. And then it was like, you know, once America was starting to kind of get out of it and open things up again, just a little bit. Thailand shut down. So oh, no. I was halfway through my quarantine and it Thailand really was like, well, COVID's COVID's, um, getting more, um, running more, more rampant here. We're going to need to shut down. So, <laughs> um, so you went kind through of, two shutdowns. Yeah. So I had my two week quarantine that I was like, well, great. I just did this two week quarantine and I am going, you know, going out into the world and everything was like food delivery. It was like just what we were experiencing in the States, like food delivery, you know, I mean, truly I am just now finally experiencing Bangkok traffic because it, it was so quiet, like truly oh, wow. it was wow. so quiet. And now it's like alive and running rampant. And now I'm like, you know, seeing all these tourists, which is kind of weird. Cause you know, for me, it was just kind of me walking around for a little bit and like any of my other expat friends, but now I'm like, I'm seeing tourists everywhere now. And wow. it, it actually really great to see. So it's kind of cool that they shut down because you were able to enjoy Thailand with all, all the noise. Oh, absolutely. And I think it was, it was really nice. And, um, I ended up too, I moved in with my friend, um, Becca who had already been in Thailand. And, um, so we were now coworkers and we actually, we met in college. So we were both education majors and we had always stayed in touch. And I just reached out, um, you know, we'd reach out every now and then and talk. And she was just, just, I was watching her on Instagram, just living her best life in Thailand. And I was like, I want to do this. Like, I just felt it in my heart. I just like, I just was like, this needs, I need to make this happen. But, um, yeah, so it was nice to get to experience living in a kind of a quiet city at that point. Yeah. And really 
take the time to really like get my place set up. Like we, Beck had actually found this beautiful apartment. I mean, normally like the apartments here are very, very small, but this was like two units combined. And we had this very spacious place and it was just beautiful and on quite a more of like a quiet street. Um, which are called soys here. So, and I was living kind of in like a, you know, living in the city, which was also new because most of my coworkers, they just, there's a lot of apartment complexes just right next to my school, but oh. my school out a little bit out of the city. So um, Becca had never lived in the city. She's like, will you live in the city with me? And I was like, absolutely. So yeah, it was nice to experience a quiet Thailand. It was nice to just be able to just take the time to get my place ready and just really, I think it truly like, it's like those blessings and blessing in disguise kind of yeah. thing. It let me just kind of get settled and take the time and like process, wow, I'm actually living here. But, you know, I really, I just, I haven't, I think there's only been one time and only recently that I felt homesick that I have felt oh. homesick being here because I kind of just got here and I was like, it was like, wow, like, I think this really is like, you know, this is my new home. I'm like, I have two homes, you know, I yeah. have home with my family and then I have my home in Bangkok and now my life and now my life is here. Yeah. Pretty much. And now my cat is here. So I really have to stay. <laughs> so, Good. Yeah. It's gorgeous. I can see how you can fall in love with it. And I move around a lot too. I've never been abroad and I want to go. But when you enter a place and it feels like home, you feel it deep and you don't have to be there very long. Exactly. I mean, that, and that was the thing. It just kind of, you know, it cut in so quickly. Like, it was just like, whoa, like this is, it, it's just been this constant thing where I feel like I was always kind of like questioning where I was at in my life. Like, I was just kind of like, you know, is this where my life is supposed to be right now? But I feel like I have no questions being mm. here. This is where I'm supposed to be. And but I am thankful for those times and in my life where I kind of was like, is this where I'm supposed to be? Because it, it led me to where I'm at now. Yeah. So yeah, that's where I was supposed to be then and I'm where I'm supposed to be now, but it's just nice to feel it. And, yeah. and, you know, and I love my school that I work for, like, they're just absolutely amazing. And I think, you know, I did enjoy my time working in Gwinnett County, but, and at my school, but working, I think at more of like this, it's an international school and just seeing like, I'm just really having a whole different experience with teaching. So it's, is it like a melting pot kind of where you have so many different um, nationalities coming together? Kind of. Yeah. So it's, we do have a majority are Thai students okay. and then we do have um, like, you know, but we do have like a lot of like Indian families yeah. and families. Um, and then we do have a lot of, um, let's see, we do have a lot of like, you know, American kids, like staff kids, we have Australians, like, Oh, wonderful. So yeah, it's very diverse. Yeah. It's very diverse. Like it's really, it is really nice. Like just to be able to see all the cultures coming together. My school does a lot of like international days where like, you know, like, well, the kids dress up and they're like their um, country's like traditional clothing, which oh, it's kind of hard for the US. I'm like, yeah. we're all like, the Americans are like, do we wear blue jeans? Like, what do we wear? Cowboy boots. <laughs> I know we're all like, do we wear some cowboy boots, a cowboy hat, you know, we're like, you know, and everyone else has these beautiful, like, oh yeah skirts and headpieces and I mean you know these beautiful sashes I don't want to like butcher you know these be this beautiful clothing because I know I'm not I'm not saying it correctly but I yeah. mean 
oh my goodness, like it's just stunning. And then all the Americans were like, all right, well, <laughs> I'm dressed. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're dressed. I mean, I, I know I was like, what is like our traditional, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think like, you know, it is interesting though, because I think, you know, America is like very diverse. So it, yeah. it, you're, you already have like everyone coming together and, you know, having um, the different ways of dress anyway. So yeah. I think it's, but it is just amazing though, getting to see the kids and, you know, they're so proud, like bringing in, you know, what they're wearing or bringing in, you know, and oh my goodness, these Thai families too are so sweet because they'll just bring me like mango sticky rice randomly or like, oh my I, God, Thai, Thai treats. Like it's really neat because they really, you know, they're, they're just very loving. Like Thailand is known too, is like the land of smiles. And oh. I mean, I, I totally see it. I feel it like you do yeah. belong there. Cause you're a smiley person. <laughs> you love to smile. <laughs> yes. That's Thanks. awesome. So what are the differences in t the teaching style? If, is there any differences? So there are definitely, I feel like some, so I am in a school where it's American curriculum and then I'm also teaching at a Christian school. So I also do just have like a 45 minute session where I teach about the Bible, which I'm teaching third grade, third graders, and they're so adorable. Um, so, you know, it's just like, we just talk about stories together and, you know, we'll sing together and it's a lot of fun, but I think like the style it's, you know, I, uh, and educators will understand this, but, um, in Gwinnett County, we all had Lucy Calkins. <laughs> which some of her stuff is great. Like I enjoy her third grade curriculum, her fourth grade curriculum. I was like, bye Lucy. Like, see ya. <laughs> don't, have you don't have to see you again. And then I get to pre-planning and I'm getting set up and the school's teaching me, my school now is teaching me the curriculum that we're going to use and out they pull Lucy Calkins. And I was like, oh, <laughs> she said, you thought I was gone. I know Lucy said, no, my curriculum is worldwide. <laughs> uh, she said, joke's on you, Sarah. But um, yeah, so they pull out Lucy and I'm like, oh, but it, it is American curriculum, very, very similar to what I taught in the States. Um, but I think it's just like um, with it being like the American curriculum, I think it's like there's a lot of parent, like the parents are very involved because it is like an international school. They're paying for their student, their children to be there. So the parents are very involved. Like these kids are literally, they, their schedules are full. Like after school, most of these kids are going to tutoring. They're going to sports. They are all involved in like multiple things across the board. And I do like that, you know, being in an elementary school, you know, being in an elementary school, but also it's connected to the secondary school as well. I get to also get to like be a part of like truly K through 12 mm. versus the States. I was just in, um, an elementary school and we didn't really have extracurricular activities. So now okay. I get to be involved with that, which is amazing. But I think overall, like the curriculum is the same, but it, it's just like a very, I don't know. I just feel like everything is very like low key. There's not standardized testing. Like they, the students just take um, what is called the map test twice a year. And it's truly like the kids aren't even given all the same questions. Like it truly is just performance based. Like if they get mm. one question correct, they'll be given a harder question. If they get one like incorrect, they'll just kind of go down. Like it's kind of just leveling them. Right. But I, but it's, you know, we're not worrying about, I'm not teaching to the test, I guess is what I'm trying right. to say. So as Which, a teacher, do you feel that you have a little bit less pressure on you 
there in Thailand as opposed to the States? Absolutely. I feel like there's definitely a lot of like, there's like the weight that I was feeling in the state teaching in the States because it was so test heavy. I think I definitely do feel like way less pressure at my school now because it's just like we're there, you know, the, of course there's this a very high expectation of teachers truly like, you know, these parents are truly paying for their, for their kids to be there. And like, yeah. you know, they're expecting, and you know, my whole philosophy too is with teaching, whether it's public school or international private school, like I'm going to give your child the best education that I possibly can, whether you're paying for it or whether it's free, like yeah. I, all students. Um, yeah. Comes, like with equity. And, um, but yeah, it is, um, yeah, it's the pressure is just insane. Like I, I truly think just like, you know, the weight of the weight of testing being off my plate and just, I think it's like, there's just a really high trust too, where it's just like, we know what we're doing. And I think too, like my admin comes in and, they'll just always have something like a mate. Like they'll always like have these positives. Like they'll just be like, wow, I loved coming in your classroom today. And I loved seeing like, it's just all very. So positive. you're getting, you're getting a lot of like this, you're doing good instead of yeah. this is where you're falling short. Maybe. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I think, in, and I always did feel like in the States, like I, I would put all my effort I could. And it was one of those things where it just, and you know, never bashing my old school or anything, but it, no. it just, ever enough. It was never enough. And it was just exhausting. Like my team and I would work like these tire, like we were exhausted working these long hours trying to like, and we could never be caught up. Like I think too, like, you know, and I even was kind of chuckling last semester with, you know, I'm finishing up the school year and, you know, my school is like, oh yeah, um, end of the year checklist. Like, you know, and my, co-workers are asking me and my instructional coach is like, you know, I know the checklist is a little lengthy. Let me know if you need any help with anything. So in Gwinnett County, our end of this school year checklist were truly like two pages, like front and back. I mean, so like four pages long of things that we needed to make sure we're done. And I click on this checklist and it's literally like six things. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, whoa, like this is yeah. amazing. I think my school's really good about truly spreading things out. They're not putting all these deadlines on the same day. Like they, yeah. time. oh my goodness. And I can't even believe I haven't even shared this yet. I have planning time, like real planning time yeah. where I'm not in meetings. I get like two 45 minute planning periods a day and it's just so, so way less stress. And then it's not just Gwinnett County. It's a lot of teachers in a lot of states and a lot of counties yeah, feel the same way. And I think if the teachers are less stressed, your kids are less stressed, right? You're mm -hmm. having more fun at your job. You're enjoying it. Do you enjoy now going to work every day? Like, woohoo, going to school. Yes. Oh my goodness. I love waking up. I love getting to, to school in the mornings. And I feel like because I have that time, you know, I can come home and I don't, I mean, I, you know, sometimes of course, as a teacher, you do bring work home, but yeah. I mean, I, truly, I have all this time where my stuff truly can get done at school during my planning time. And I just feel like, you know, I'm not worried about, oh, I have to do this or this or this or this. Like I truly can really connect, continue like connecting with my students and like yeah. pulling them. Yeah. And I only have 16 students this year too. So that is like, I'm so used to having 27 oh. um, back in the States, you know, even with COVID, I had like 27 students in one classroom and, yeah, you know, like yeah. it, it's just been amazing because it is like smaller class sizes and 
just like given the time that I'm really able to take this time to really bond with them and yeah. really give them to like that one-on-one -on -one instruction if needed. Like if I see, you know, one student maybe not grasping something, I can pull them immediately. Like there's just so much time well, and you like- you can focus on everybody and kind of get to know them as individuals. Absolutely. It sounds to me like teaching in Thailand was what it was like for me in my little tiny school in the state of Wisconsin. I tell a lot of people when I was little, I don't know, I used to think I'm getting a shitty education because I'm in CETA and I've got a graduating class at 26. I'm getting a shitty education. Come to find out. I grew up in the right time, in the right place, and it got a beautiful education. And it sounds like you're able to give these beautiful educations to your students there. I'm thinking in the States, I see from what I hear from teachers and see myself with my kids, um, there's too much pressure. There's no connecting a lot of times. You know what I mean? Um, it's just not there. Is, Absolutely. Can that be changed, do you think? I definitely think it, I definitely think it could be changed. I think, you know, the, the weight, the pressure that teachers have, and I see this all the time, um, just teachers leaving the fields, like my friends, like they're trying to find other careers. Yeah. They're like, and I'm on a lot of like, um, teacher groups on Facebook and I see people all the time. They're like, um, you know, this job opportunity came up. Should, you know, I was going to finish out the school year, but should I just go ahead and break my contract? I mean, it's yeah. one of those things, you know, it, it is that intense and it kind of is that, that bad because we feel like, you know, and I mean, I don't want to speak for every teacher, of course, right. but I know the groups that I'm in and the teachers that do feel stressed, like it really is like, it really is hard and it really yeah. is so stressful. And it was really like, it was like sucking the life out of me too. Like, <clears throat> I feel like that's all I could talk about was teaching. Like I couldn't wind down at the end of the day, my first year teaching, I truly like, I mean, and I also started to seeing like a lot of mental health issues start to arise with me, like more so like anxiety, depression, just because mm -hmm. I, I was literally in overdrive all the Too time. Too much on your plate. Yeah. Couldn't catch up. Like No downtime. Yes. Not at all. I, I see like, you in Thailand. You got downtime, girl, and you got beautiful downtime. Oh, yeah. Beautiful <laughs> downtime. You know, my coworkers are cracking up because I was like, you know, I'm just going to go take a little weekend trip to an island. <laughs> you know, it's like it sounds unreal. And, you know, my friends are always like, you know, and to me now it's like kind of my new normal. So yeah. I never like it's bragging or anything, but no. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just going to an island. Like no big deal. They're like, oh, I'm looking at um my living room wall right now. <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Look at what I see. And I've seen gorgeous. You, that's gotta be de-stressing in itself. Oh, uh, oh my goodness. Absolutely. Just the fact that like, I have this time to take to go, you know, on trips, like I have so many trips planned and I'm planning on even like a friend asked me if I wanted to just go on a weekend trip in the next two weeks on a weekend trip to Ho Chi Minh in Vietnam. Like oh. I was like, oh, sure. Yeah. Like yes. it's an hour flight away and it's so cheap. You know, the cost of living here is very affordable and cheap. Like I pay. I was just about to ask you. So what is the difference in the cost of living there? Oh my goodness. Okay. This is my favorite part. <laughs> this is one of my yes. favorite parts. Is, um, my, so, you know, what I paid for in Atlanta, I mean, truly it was like 1200 a month and yep. now, I mean, rent is going absolutely. I mean, inflation, the, I mean, the same apartment that I lived in, my friend had lived in, in a one bedroom by herself and it was 1500 a month. 
and then they were like, oh, hey, it's time to renew your lease. It's now 2000 a month. And she <gasps> said, oh, I'm moving out. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and that's literally, I mean, that was, that would be, that would have been two thirds of my paycheck. You know, I mean, that's yeah. insane. But here I'm making about the same in my school of what I would have made, what I, what I was making in Gwinnett County and my apartment it every month is $350. <laughs> and it's beautiful from what I can see. And it's beautiful. Yes, it is like, it is like very, I, I have to do some more artwork, but like, yeah, it is beautiful. I have a view of the city. Like yeah, it is yeah. really pretty. I'm on the 16th floor. It's, you know, and it's, it's beautiful. And it's like a, you know, a little condominium and it's small, but like, honestly, I really enjoy living in a small space. And this is my first time living by myself too now. Yeah, so. Yeah. And yeah. I think in the States, we focus on that keep up with the Joneses. I got to have the big house, the nice car, the this, this, this. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. I, yeah, oh, totally in the States. Like it, And I, that's what um, some friends and I were talking about recently, too. It, it's almost very materialistic, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. back in the States. And, um, you know, and I, I think everyone just gets into this, like, you know, cycle of just not everyone necessarily. But, you know, so many people get into that cycle of I how can I have the next best thing, mm-hmm. but never be fully fulfilled because I fell into that cycle many times. I was like, Oh, maybe if I buy this, I'll, I'll, you know, be happy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it, it does. It triggers some serotonin retail therapy is what I used to call it. Um, I think it's bunk now. It's just consuming way too much and having too much crap, <laughs> but it would give you that little dopamine hit. And yes. then you end up feeling like shit because you get your credit card bill. You're like, oh shit. No. <laughs> I know. Even even when I was at home for the summer, you know, and I have like access to really good skincare here too. Like, you know, you have a whole line of like Korean skincare, just you, you can pick at your beck and call, you know. And you know, Asian skincare truly is amazing. But even when I came home and went, I was like told my mom, I was like, I need to go to Ulta because I do have these staple products. And I looked at her and I was like, Don't judge what you're about to see. And I like my basket was so full and I fell into like this, like I bought so much stuff. And then I was like, got that credit card bill. And I was like, oh man, I was like, that really wasn't even that smart because I even just picked up new products that I wanted to try. But like, really like, I was like, I could have easily gotten that here, you know, I'm like, (laughs) you know, but yeah, I think it's and here. It's like truly like I can spend my money on experiences and like, just, you know, even just walking around Bangkok, like I think Bangkok kind of gets a bad rep sometimes because for travelers, because, you know, they'll come in, they'll stay for two nights and then they go to the islands and, or they go up North to Chiang Mai and truly like beautiful places to go. And I think it is hard because Bangkok is very busy. There's a lot of people and it is like, it's a spread it's a out. Lot, probably a lot to take in and people go, Whoa, I don't want to even take this on. Absolutely. And it's like one of those things, like it's a spread out New York city and you mm-hmm. have to find those places and it, it does take a while, but um, I think it's like one of those things that so many travelers are like, I don't like it. I don't like Bangkok at all. And I'm like, I promise you Bangkok is amazing. Like I've lived here for a year and I feel like I've barely touched a corner of it because there is just so many amazing things to do and see. I mean, That's truly. Awesome. That's so even, awesome. you know, do a staycation, but yeah, the, but the traveling is definitely the best part because I'm doing two things that I truly love. I'm teaching and I also so have the time now and the and the funds to go travel around the world. So it's amazing. Yes. Okay. And so the other thing I saw was you post a lot about the food you buy and the price. Okay. The food you buy is 
beautiful food. It is what food, I remember food being when I was younger before all the manufacture and all the poison and all the bullshit. It's beautiful food. Can you taste the difference? Does it make your body feel better? And, And let's talk about how low cost. Oh my goodness, yes. I, the food here is just phenomenal. And you know, it's one of those things like, I mean, I, you know, groceries are so expensive in the States too, but you know, here I can just go to a market and I can get, you know, I was making like this Thai dish and, you know, my own little like Thai rice noodle dish. And I mean, I bought eggs for 40 baht, like 12 eggs for 40 baht. And literally, I mean, that's like a dollar, like that's like literally just about a dollar. Yeah. Which is kind of normal, but I mean, all the produce, all the vegetables that I bought, I mean, I bought like cabbage like a big thing of cabbage and just beautiful veg vegetables i bought like green onion i bought um like carrots and the carrots are massive but it's they're huge they're massive i'm like is this normal you know but like they're so fresh i mean i got so many vegetables and for three dollars all this fresh produce and i was like oh my goodness this would have cost me so much in the states and that's the thing. I have access to all these markets. Like there are grocery stores here and they are a little bit, they kind of are more pricey because you're going to see more of those import, like everything's more so imported, yeah. but you go to those markets and I mean, you are saving so much money. I mean, truly like, I feel like, you know, okay, my groceries are already done for the week. I mean, and the, the food is just so good here. I feel like, like everything is just very just fresh. They're not putting the crap in everything. Like it's really easy to get like really just wholesome, good food. Like I have friends who are glu- have had to be gluten-free in the States. They can have the bread here. The bread is, ah. they don't have any gluten issues mm-hmm. with the bread here, which mm-hmm. says a lot, you know, there's a lot of weight in that. Um, yep. but yeah, like there's so many, so many things. And I mean, truly the cuisine, the, the street food, is top notch and like i know a lot of people ask me about oh are you gonna get food poisoning or you know oh i don't know about the street food but pretty much i was i don't know if this is fact but i do know that i've been told this from multiple sources though but like a lot of the food is already like boiled before it's like fully cooked so yeah you're not really there's not really much of like the like the food poisoning in a way like i feel like you just get really good really good food just like for yeah. honest, it's like for two dollars you know i can you you know and a lot of the families here especially from the states they're you know they're feeding their kids they're like we just like literally ate and like this big dinner this big meal and where they're like it's it was like four dollars to feed our whole family and it's like a healthy yeah. dinner you know like it's just yeah. Yeah. really nice really good food and so yeah. what do you think is the difference between there and here? Is it because they grow it there and they feed their population? I think so. Like, I just, I definitely know. I think a lot of the things, what I'm finding since I left the States is a lot of the crap that we, that the States puts in the food is illegal pretty much everywhere else in the world. I mean, I'm like, of course isn't, it that, is. isn't yeah. that insane? Like I've been learning Dude. like, you know, like I, when I've I saw like, that food. I said, I'm moving to Thailand just so I can be healthy. Yes, it, it truly. Like that's the thing in the States. It, it is so expensive to be healthy. Yeah. And here we're paying expensive prices to be poisoned. Oh, expensive prices to be poisoned. I even saw this TikTok of this 
funny, this hilarious man that was just talking about, he was like, wow, I make $8 an hour and this bag of grapes is $8. He's like, so an hour of my time will purchase me one bag of grapes. And I was like, that's, and he made it like funny, but really I was like, it was sobering. Mm -hmm. That is horrible. Like, Mm -hmm. and you know, and the thing is like, there's so much crap that is going onto our vegetables, into our, like, honestly, into everything. And then they're jacking up the prices for poison, like you said, but then, you know, it is easy for families to, you know, if, especially in the economy today, if you're a family and you need to feed your children, yeah, I would be probably taking my children to McDonald's and getting that $1, you know, that $1 value meal for my family, because I mean, it's, you know, the thing is, it's the economy. And if you have, if you have the app, I fed myself, my daughter, my son for $9 with the app. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. you know, exactly. And that's the thing, like, it is so expensive, like housing. I mean, it's like already everything's going up, you know, in price, but not our, no, no salaries are going up. The Mm -hmm. the salaries are not matching up to the inflation. Like I'm like, exactly. And eating that healthier food, do you feel your body moves and functions more efficiently and you are more full with the healthier options? Yes, absolutely. I definitely do feel like very, like, I just feel very like clean and healthy. And even if I'm eating out, which sometimes like it does happen, like I order out a decent amount, but even like, even the fast food restaurants, I don't feel like crap after Mm. I eat here. And like, I think I just always feel, and I don't know what it is. I forgot to say this too, but the fruit here, they have this fresh cut fruit. Like I can get like a bag of pineapple for like less than a dollar it is the most, I've never, I've always loved pineapple, but the pineapple here, out of this world, incredible. Mm. My friends don't even like pineapple, love it. Like the fruit here is just so good, so fresh. And like that, it's just so, e- it's easily accessible. And I just mm-hmm. feel so good because I'm able to afford to put all these healthy things into my body. Yeah. And absolutely. I definitely feel a difference. So Listening to your numbers, you've got your rent for three fifty. You spend twelve dollars on groceries. How long does it feed you? So it'll last me about a week to two weeks, truly, because I'll get like stuff for smoothies. Girl, get- you ain't even at four hundred dollars. I can't go into Walmart and leave for less than a hundred. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Yes, like yeah, it's truly. I mean, with groceries and everything, and I mean too. You know, if I buy coffee products, you know, I mean even like. A, like a box of like coffee pods or like, you know, still like $10, but I mean, they last and yeah, you know, it is like, you know, like some of the groceries, like the long-term pantry stuff, like I'll kind of come close to like when I first came back to Thailand, I did spend about a hundred dollars on groceries, but I got so much, I mean, my counter and my table were full of stuff. Yeah. It's like, and it was stuff that was going to last for a while. So I was yeah. like, okay, and then I just go every week, get the fresh produce and then I can use all the stuff that I have already to yeah. make whatever I like to make. So, which is just awesome. And I mean, that's the thing. And even electricity is cheap. Water is cheap. I mean, truly, I had had like a bill that had like, since I was out of the state, they put your electric bill in your mailbox and you have to pay, like you have to scan it to pay it. So I didn't have access to it over the summer. So I had had like four months of electricity um, on one bill and they were okay with that. Like, finally they were like, Hey, we're, are you coming back? Like, we're going to have to shut this down. And I was like, no, 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 I'll pay it. But I mean, even then it was only about, let's see, it was 2,500 baht. So 
I mean, even then it was, or honestly, it was only around like 2000 bots. So I mean, only like maybe $150 for four months of electricity. What like, the hell? No way. That's like a month with me sitting in the dark in my house. What? I know. And I, 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 it's ironic that I moved to a hot place because I love being cold. Yeah. So I like here, like, I mean, I'm consistently running my, my air con here. Like truly my air is always running when I'm home and then yeah. I turn it off the day of course when I'm gone but yeah it's like and water I mean water is literally like when my roommate and I were splitting it I mean it was like two dollars like I mean what? just ridiculous ridiculous and here if I'm cleaning a house sometimes I get the dirty looks from the people if I'm running the water too much they're like mm, I'm yeah, paying like, for that <laughs> yeah, exactly and like I think yeah, I think the water bill, because again, I had had one that had built, had like same thing, it had built up over the months, but it was like 400 baht, which again is like a little bit over like, well, let's see, 400 baht, like 300 baht is like, um, like $10. So it was like 15 yeah. baht. Now, like for months of it building up, like Holy ridiculous. God. I'm like, what? I, I know, I when I moved here, I was like, is this real life? And I was like, yeah. wow, you know, always like, oh, 300 baht, this is like $10, you know, doing the math in my head. Yeah. But now, I see something for 300 baht and I'm like, what? Baht? I'm like, that is, I have become so cheap. It is ridiculous. <laughs> and I'm like, literally in the grand scheme of things, it's like, but I'm truly trying to even like penny pinch a little here and there now yeah, too. That's but, good. You know, that's good. Set yourself up from when you're older. God, yeah, you know, like I have got to, you know, there's so much, but yeah, it, it truly is with the bills here. I mean, it, it, it really does make it like stress it takes the stress off. Like I'm able to send money home every month, you know, and on top of that, have money to go like explore, to travel, to go, you know, go on outings with my friends. Like if we go to a restaurant or, you know, like it's just really easy. Mm -hmm. um, and transportation is so cheap here. So yeah. Just, oh, yeah, don't even get me started on gas. Cause I, it's like to fill up my motorbike once a week, um, which lately I haven't even been taking it in because we are in rainy season. So, I mean, I think I haven't filled up in like three weeks now, but truly it's a hundred baht, which is like, like $4, like oh. about 50. Yeah. To fill yeah. up my little gas tank. Like, like that's like literally a gallon of gas in the States is like, yes. but I, yes. in, I mean, my bike doesn't hold much, but I mean, even when I see them filling up cars, it's not that much, you know? Right. Right. So the cost of living wow. is wonderful. Wow. Okay. So let's talk about how they feed their children in the schools. What's the difference? Oh is my it? goodness. <laughs> yeah. The, so the elementary is buffet style Thai dishes. I mean, every day it's like a Thai dish or sometimes they'll put in like, you know, like some pizza or something, but very healthy, like a salad bar. And it's, I don't know how much they charge the children, but the, the parents will pay for a meal plan. But I mean, they always have rice, like white rice. Then they'll have like a curry or a protein, a meat. And they're always switching it up, this beautiful salad bar. And then they always have like a noodle dish where they'll do like either cow soy or they'll do um, like pho, like all like this, the, just those amazing like soba noodles. I mean, mm -hmm. so the kids have so much and they can go back for seconds, thirds, fourths, whatever they want. And they always have fresh fruit. Like, and so the teachers were jumping on that too because it's 50 baht per meal which is $2. I mean, yeah. $2 to get all you can eat and it's healthy and it tastes really good. I mean, I know I'm like looking at some of these kids, like what they're, and I'm like, what, you know, <laughs> like I'm thinking of my school lunch. Like it wasn't school lunch. Wasn't 
horrible necessarily. Like I didn't mind it as a kid, but you know, like when I'm looking at it, but you know, it's just school lunch. You just kind of got used to it. McKenna and Genesis told me that they, for salad bar, as croutons, they chop up grilled cheese in small pieces and they put it on a salad bar. That's nasty. <laughs> that's disgusting. That's that's just sad. I'm like, yes, just croutons at that point. Just get yeah. the croutons then. If you don't have the croutons, yeah. Don't McKenna's like, they don't even have freaking croutons. And I go, why? All you do is take up crusty bread. You don't have to put cheese in it. Exactly. Crusty bread and you can season it all you want. I could go show them. And she goes, no, they chop up grilled cheese. I thought she was lying. No, she's not lying. It's like, yeah, I just remember the school lunch. You know, you do get used to it, but it's still it's school lunch. Like it's still like, you know, the and do they run out of food when they're feeding the kids as the lines are coming in and you get thirds, fourths? Not at all. It literally looks like a catering company. Like they just have carts and carts of food coming in. Like truly, it's like this this beautiful buffet style where they're just consistently, if they start running low, they have another pot to place it. Like I've never seen mm-hmm. them where they're like running out of things. Like it's, Okay, it's- so my, my daughter has fourth lunch. Oh. They had nachos. She got tortillas and peanut butter. They ran out of food. The, I remember that happening in the States. Like I would always get like, um, like spicy chicken sandwiches. Mm-hmm. And they would run out or yeah. And they would always like, or just nachos, but sometimes it'd be like, okay, you just get chips. And I'm like, but chips and peanut butter. That's ridiculous. That's- <laughs> yeah. McKenna's like, I, my blood sugar is low mom, because all I had was chips and peanut butter for lunch. I go, what, what the, that's just absolutely like, and it's just sad too, because a lot of these students as well, like some students, that's their only meal that they get for the day. Like, you know, that's the only meal. So like, you know, a lot of um, schools, you know, a lot of these schools, they rely on breakfast. They rely on these students. They rely on breakfast. They rely on this lunch. And then when you have fourth lunch and you don't get food, like, like in not even like a really good, healthy, like nutritious meal. That like sticks like, in oh, your belly. Butter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's just going to sit there and you're not going to feel full. You're not going to feel sat- satisfied. And two, like, especially in high school and I mean, all through the schools, like you're growing, like you, they, like kids need these nutrients. So mm-hmm. it's just so sad. And it's like, you know, you, the school knows how many students they need to prepare food for. You know, know, and like, oh, I want to go in there. Girl, I tell you what, I can take 10 bucks and feed eight people with 10 bucks. Absolutely. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like a real, uh, and it just like. Real meal. (laughs) And that's the thing, real meal. And even like with kids, I've even seen a thing recently just with like kids who, you know, if they're, they've, their parents haven't paid their bill, you know, like the bill and they're in debt, like 20, I think it's like $20 or something. Once you're like $20 under, you don't get like school lunch you get like a peanut butter and jelly or something like that but it's an ultimate lunch and there's air quotes yes. ultimate oh. lunch which is yeah peanut butter jelly and all that yeah and it's like a horrible like crusty thing but but i almost feel like they're like shaming kids who owe money and i'm yeah. just like and i'm like okay well their parents are paying for it and you don't know their their income situation at home like but yeah. put it on the child like be like oh you haven't paid your lunch fine so here's a crusty peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like, like don't shape, that's traumatizing for the child. Yes, it's embarrassing. Yeah, it's embarrassing. And we don't know what the parents are going through. We don't know the income situation. Why not give them the lunch, not make a big deal about it, and then privately go call the parent instead of calling out the child. 
Exactly. And my whole thing is like, you're going to throw all of that out anyways. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to throw all of that food that you made is going in the trash mm-hmm. unless you're reusing it, which I really hope not. But Oh God, I hope not. But yeah, I don't doubt it. We have the pink slime and the meat and all this. So what is the difference with waste now that you brought that up there in Thailand as compared to the state? So I know a lot of places like I think they are really good about like reusing like that really like kind of like reusing things recycling actually though has what is now just becoming a thing here mm-hmm. kind of like I think there's now a new movement with really trying to recycle more because I first got here and I couldn't find any recycling bins <laughs> and now I think there's more of a push for recycling but um with waste itself I mean there definitely is like I think there's still a lot of waste but I feel like there is a good like it's kind of almost kind of, like a good balance at least okay. from what I where you know like I know restaurants or like even like the I will actually no I'm sorry I take that back because I think I think it is like half and half but there are places like you know if like these street vendors if they don't sell their meat like that day or they you know they throw it out because they're like Mm. well you know we've been we've been sitting outside with it you know so they should give it to the homeless yeah I know and that's I need to actually do some research on that and see like what happens with because there are I mean we're it's in a city so I do see a very I do see homeless people not as much as I see in Atlanta but I do see people sleeping out on the streets and just like you know wanting just you know even just a meal and you know like but yeah I think the waste I I actually do need to do more research on that but I know definitely they're starting to try to recycle and I, yeah, I need to see what they do with food because this is a very, it's a, so Thailand is mainly Buddhist. So it's all about mm-hmm. karma Yeah, and just there, it's very much so like people are always taking care of one another. It's what I've under what I've learned about the Eastern, you know, versus Western mm-hmm. culture, mm-hmm. you know, the Eastern culture, I mean, it's so community. It's all yes. about community. It's not this money hungry. It's, yes. People are taking care of one another and I mean, and they even take care of their ancestors, even after they pass, they honor them. And there's a whole, yes, I love that culture. I think I want to move where you're at. Please come on. Come on over. The kids bring everyone. Let's yes. Go. Yes. And it sounds like I could afford it. <laughs> yes. Thing that it, truly you could afford it. The plane tickets are ridiculous, but yeah. But that's the thing. I always tell people, I'm like, okay, yeah, buy the, you get the plane ticket and that's the, but that's the most expensive thing. I mean, I mean, I literally booked and we can even talk about resorts too, but I mean, the amount of money that I pay for even just to stay in a nice resort is insane. Like insanely cheap. Like, yeah. Like I literally booked a room the other day, like very last minute this place. And there's a lot of like those like last minute, like deals that you can get because I was trying to go to this one Island. I missed the ferry. So I had to stay in Aonang in Krabi. And I just quickly booked this resort. That's normally like a hundred dollars a night, like a little bit over a hundred dollars a night came with breakfast and everything, but I got it for a last minute deal for $20. And it was like a single room. And then I got there and they're so nice. The guy at the desk was like, Oh, like I saw that you put online that you wanted like a larger bed. He's like, actually the room that you had that you booked only, we only have like small beds available. He's like, I'm just going to go ahead and upgrade you to a deluxe room. So I had like this beautiful balcony, this king size bed, this massive room for one night. And it was $20. Yeah. And it's a real breakfast. It's not some dehydrated egg crap because I watched that um, show with the two brothers where one goes on the cheap and one goes on the expensive. Do you watch that show? No, but I need to watch that. Yeah. I think it's on, I think it's on vice. 
I will message you. I'll find it and I'll message you. You have to see it. They go to the same place and one has money and one has a cheap budget. But the breakfast that they get on the cheap budget, I'm like, shit, that's better than what we get in the States for $15.99. (laughs) Truly, exactly. I mean, truly, like, it's, they always just, like, they're so good about having fruit, vegetables, you know, they'll make, like, you know, you'll watch them make the fried eggs, and, like, what I've learned about Thailand, too, you know, I have had to learn about the oils that they do cook things in, and the MSG is very high, like, at first, when I was eating pad thai for almost, like, every meal, come to find out, pad thai is actually not healthy at all, (laughs) (laughs) a healthy meal in Thailand is the pad thai, but because it's so like just there's so much fat in it but mm-hmm. it's the oils so you do have to be careful with like the oils that they cook things in and then um the MSG but other than that like i mean that, that that's like the only problem i feel i feel like with going back into the food but i mean yeah, yeah. truly crap so what about the air quality we so the air quality is not good. Not we do good. have a season. Yeah, we do have a season where we do have to like our school provides us with air purifiers that we have to have on in our classroom because once we start hitting December, like the the air and like the air quality just goes way down because so definitely air pollution, especially now that traffic is becoming a thing again too, where there's just more cars, more buses out. Like you know the air quality is not that great like I mean I'll be on my motorbike and I go behind the buses or cars and black smoke just goes like oh <laughs> yes and I used to get sick at first whenever I would breathe in that like that air like my stomach would hurt for hours afterwards oh. but yeah the air quality especially once it gets really poor because a lot of like the rice fields in like the cooler months are being um like I guess like they're burning the rice fields to get them set up again and all that, but all that air is just like sweeping over and, you know, with all the traffic and everything. And there's not a system where, you know, it doesn't matter, like, you know, how we have to go and get our cars checked, you know, um, what's that called? Yeah. Emissions. Yes. Emissions. Like, you know, we have to go get emissions done and everything. And that, that's not a thing. (laughs) So you'll see the most beat up car, like, that thing is you're amazed that it's still on its wheels. Like it is like, it is like shaking, but they are getting to their destination. But I mean, you are seeing black, a trail of black smoke behind them, you know, and I always like get a heart attack because I'm on my motorbike and like these little motorbikes are like, these, I mean, like dingiest little motorbikes, but I mean, they are zooming off and, a, they, and they're like, um, like backfiring. And, like, like, I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, I'm like, oh, like, but yeah, the air quality is pretty poor. So you do okay. have to wear like a mask. So masks were already kind of a thing before COVID here because of the air quality. They have like air filter masks. So oh. yeah, the air gets pretty bad, especially. And oh my goodness, you can feel it. Like already it's hot and sticky, but you know when the air quality is horrible because it you feel it on you. Like you mm. just feel, so I am like, profusely sweating and it's just you feel sticky like you ah. just is a that is a negative for sure because the okay. air quality is like it does get pretty bad it's not terrible now you know it's not terrible for most of the year but really once we start hitting December up to like March or April the air quality is terrible so, so you, ha- you, you have an air quality issue yes for like when we have hurricane season or whatever, or probably when we have calm time, but 
we have hurricane season and things like that. So what kind of weather related type things are there that you have to worry about? Is it same like hurricanes and stuff like that? So I know there was like a tropical storm nearby recently, but I, I don't think we get as many hurricanes. Sarah and I's conversation was cut short due to the lack of hot spot and the fact that we are, you know, 21 hours away from each other. This episode started out to be a follow your dreams episode, and it quickly turned into a different conversation altogether. And that's what I love about not prompting these conversations and just kind of saying, hey, here's the subject line and letting them flow. Um, it started out as the follow your dreams and it turned into economic differences from abroad to state, food differences brought abroad to state, um, how we feed our kids in our school system abroad to states. Um, our economic situation is vastly different. Um, our laws are vastly different as to what we will allow people to consume and just all that stuff. So it got into a lot deeper of a conversation than even I ever anticipated. And I'm happy that I can say we're going to do a part two in an upcoming episode. So stay tuned. If you liked this and other episodes, please click subscribe, like, and share so others can enjoy them too. Thank you so much for listening.